All right, folks, what's up? It is the Crack House Podcast. My name is Mike O'Sullivan. Glad to be back with everybody. It's been a week. Uh, joining me as always, my buddy Chris Musky Muscolino. What's up? We are back, bro. Hope everything's good in uh, Big Mike land. Yeah, we had some medical stuff, some COVID stuff. It was crazy, crazy week. Crazy, crazy week. Good to be back, man. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. We're a little late. We're starting off, though, on like kind of like a bad note, man. I mean, between like lost Betty White and now fucking Bob Saget, man. Bob Saget, bro. Um, Wearing my winter hat today. It's like freaking Antarctica, bro. Out here. You know, it's like uh, it's like 10 degrees out here, man. Eight degrees. It was like four. I think it was four degrees by me earlier. Blasting my heat and I'm walking downstairs and it's like 60 degrees in my living room. Crazy, man. We're actually looking into, again, like a wood burning stove out near me, you know, to kind of cut down on the uh, on the electricity and stuff. You know, a cousin of mine's got it. Oh, dude, everyone I know that has one loves it. They don't do. They're expensive, man. They're like five grand on the on the on the low end. You know, yeah, five grand for it. Well, you got to You got to buy the stove itself. And then, well, we have the permits and, and stuff because we had it initially when we um, when we bought the place. But um, make a long story short, with the installation, the brickwork, and everything, you're looking at minimum three to five grand on the low end. You know, depending on what what kind of stuff that you actually get done, yeah. you're probably looking at closer to like you know ten. You know, wow, man. But it's well worth it. I mean, my bill. I mean, listen, if I had it, my 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 oil bill because we go on oil out here. Um, would be next to zero and my electricity would be next to zero because the boiler would be, you know, less likely to run. But uh, it was cold today, man. You know, I, I make jokes on, on Facebook once in a while about climate change and stuff. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole with you, but, you know, there's so much science behind it from one way or the other. It's like, you know, on days like today, you know, obviously, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive to like what, you know, the, the climate changers, you know, talk about. You know, in terms of, you know, well, the earth has warmed up two degrees every year since 1950, etc. Well, we might as well be on Venus, right, Mike? You know, that kind of deal uh, by now. And the other side of the coin is you you get a really crazy weather event or if you get like a a 95 degree day in in the summer or whatever. And, you know, a 60 degree day in December. Oh, we told you so. Look, this is what's happening. It's going to look like Dundar the Barbarian, you know, the beginning, you know, of, of the show. The, 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 the tides are going to rise and we're going to melt and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just it's crazy, man. You know, I, you don't know what the hell to believe. You know, I mean, you try to believe the science, but, you know, you read so many things. It's like, but I digress. I digress. Going back to Bob for a second. Unfortunate, man. It looks like he uh, pissed away from a heart attack. Yeah, that's what they're saying right now. Natural causes, and he was just laying on the bed, face up, like wasn't no foul play. Sixty no foul play. I, I didn't think he was sixty-five. I thought he was maybe a little bit younger, but funny, funny guy, man. I mean, here's the thing though. Everyone's throwing this around about Bob, the the term America's dad. I never heard him get called that. You know. No. I, I actually mean, heard something contrary. I heard that there was allegations where he had, you know, got it into it with the with the uh, the Olsen twins. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I actually read something about that where he um, there's some doings with it. You know, I, I don't know exactly what was uh, there was some there was some doings. Let's put it that way behind the scenes. He was doing some doings. He was doing some doings. Hey, man, cut it out. That's all I got to say. Wrong. Uncle John but no, I, in there. Listen, I don't think he was so saintly as, as I think, you know. Well, the whole thing with him was it was like kind of they said it was like the inside joke too in uh, Hollywood. Right. They gave he was a real dirty comic. OK, very dirty comedian. And the big joke was like giving him this role of you're now like this wholesome dad of, of three daughters. And that was a, a big inside joke during the show that how, how like you would go see this guy in a, in a club somewhere and he was filthy. And then every Friday night, you know, he was he was, you know, make room for daddy, you know, was, uh, <laughs> that kind of guy. 
But uh, I, I, I mean, I saw his stand up. You know, I always thought he was a funny guy. He he directed the movie Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. I just saw I didn't a, know that. I just saw a picture online from the movie Dirty Work, and it's Norm Macdonald <laughs> with Saget and Chris Farley has a cameo in it, and they're all hanging out in between takes, laughing at something. And it's like it's so weird to look at that picture, knowing all three of these guys are, are gone. I mean. Farley's been gone 25 years and the other, you know, the other two mm-hmm. guys, the other two guys were just lost within a year of each other. To Not quote the immortal uh, Rick James, Mike, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, man. You got to watch it. And apparently he lived, uh, he lived hard, the guy. He drank a lot and uh, I guess he dabbled in drugs and, you know, it's, look, it's one thing to dabble in drugs when you're 19, 20 years old. You're doing it a long time. You live a hard life. I mean, we've talked about this. I you know, anything, man, it catches up to you. Catches up to you, bro. I mean, you, you know, you, you play the odds. I mean, the human body is only you know, built for so many things. You know, you run yourself ragged. You know, it's sad to say, you know, it's, it's sad to see with this guy. You know, he's 65 years old. It looks like he just went back on tour. I read something where he sent out a text to Chappelle and Chappelle was really busy and he didn't respond to him and he felt bad. You know, yeah. and that, that's another I'm calling. I'm throwing the bullshit flag on that. Maybe you think he, he just, just maybe he just kind of like looked at the phone and went. I was like, screw yeah, this guy. Yeah, whatever. Maybe. just <laughs> uh, Yeah, whatever. Oh, now I'm sorry. I didn't get back. Yeah, because he's dead. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Everyone was trying to make it about them. You know, it's like anything when someone. When someone big dies, some celebrity dies or, so, or, or anyone, anyone you talk to that knew them always tries to make it about that. Oh, yeah, there was this one time he was so nice to me. And, uh, you know, this, I was really down. They helped me. And people always try and make it about them. Like you watch all the accolades that were going out towards him online on social media. And yeah. it was all these people talking about them when they first started out, how like they met him. So. I mean, it's he, seemed, he, he, he seemed like an OK guy. I mean, for what it's worth, I thought he was hilarious when he was on uh, Entourage. I thought it was a great like character, uh, character, character of himself. Like he was just playing a bigger version of himself, you know, running around with like a bunch of single women and, you know, off the wall, not the guy you expect from Full House and all that stuff. He was really funny on that. Well, look, I listen, he had a he had a good career. I, I oh, you know, obviously he had a great run. I never saw him on on his stand up. I mean, obviously, everybody's aware of Full House, you know, like Betty White and Golden Girls. You know, that's his claim to fame. You know, I mean, I think it was hard for him to br- kind of break out of that stereotype for a long time. But, you know, listen, you know, like you said, it seems like he had a good run. Um, How yeah. I Met Your Mother. Right. America's yeah, funniest videos. Yeah, that's that's the other thing everyone forgets. He was like he was the original dude on America's Funniest Home Videos. And by the way, your screen is like you're back. Oh, you're back. <laughs> froze for about two minutes. I don't know what's going on. We oh, may yeah. have a we may have a frozen uh, ho ho muskrat musky whatever you want to call me. <laughs> the frozen tundra of Suffolk County, Long Island was bitter that day. Bum <laughs> ba bum bum ba da bum. NFL film. I was just watching a documentary about him too. Sobel? NFL. Yes. Uh, yeah. Steve Sable. Uh, the, the Sobel, family. yeah. And uh, it was great a- soundtrack, by the way. You know what you were humming? Yeah. I've actually got the soundtrack to that. Yeah. He had, they hired some crazy German guy to uh, when they, 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 they went into the whole background about how they started it and the voice. The voice, that guy, John Facenda, that voice. I was a frozen tundra and Lambo. The voice of the guy. NFL. Yeah, that guy, John Facenda. He was a uh, a news uh, a news radio guy in like Philly, because they're all, I think they're all from the whole family's from Philly. They were like a news radio guy in Philly. And they just loved his voice, and they were like, "Come in and read this stuff," because <laughs> Sable wrote everything. And then when they needed the music, they were like, "What can we get?" And they found this crazy German guy. And he composed all those. So that was all original music. It wasn't like they just ripped off some classical music. That was all original stuff they did. What are you playing? What are you trying to play to NFL? Uh. 
There's a lot of good stuff on there. Like I like classical music, you know. Uh, I'm not no, just... the music. The music made those films, man. Yeah, those those old NFL films. Now, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, they got to be on YouTube somewhere. I got to look at that next time. I got to look at the soundtrack. Time. I bought it years ago, and I have it for my DJ business. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. I mean, if yeah, you but did... the people ever request NFL music when you're out of thing? No, yeah, but like I've, when I do. When I've done corporate events, believe it or not, I've had I've had requests for that kind of stuff. I've had a request for like the Monday night uh, football theme. I had a request for um, what, the Carrie Underwood or the old, old. one. No, no, the old, the, the old one, the old one with Howard Cosell, that one. OK, so I have that. I have the, the Randy Newman one from uh, The Natural. Da-na, da-na, yeah, da-na. yeah, that's what I got yeah. that. Um, I've had requests for that. I've had requests for. um uh, NFL stuff. Uh, th- there's one called Round Glory, I believe. That's a pretty famous one. Like if you heard it, you know, you'd know exactly what it was. But um, it's kind of, you know, in lockstep with like the John Madden documentary yeah, and those yeah. old NFL films. Like once you hear it, it's like you'll absolutely, you know. But I, I, yeah, I, I've had I've had crazy requests like that time to time, usually for corporate stuff, you know, more, more so than anything. I mean, obviously not in a bar or a restaurant or uh, even a private party for that matter. But um, yeah, I love that old NFL. Those old NFL films were were great. Were something, man. I was watching some of the games today. I mean, uh, good day to watch football. I mean, it's freezing cold out. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I, I was a little uh, I'm a I'm a quasi Raider fan, so I wasn't expecting much, but they lost in the last couple of seconds. And then the Bills, I mean, that, that game, I was expecting a lot more. You know, I was, you know, I was figuring it would be a I lot shut, more yeah, competitive. I, sh- I shut that game off at the half. I saw that score at the half, and I was like, oh, they're done. It's over. <laughs> Texted a guy I used to work with. I said, I just jumped on the Bills bandwagon for the rest of the playoffs. I can't bring myself to root for the mic. But you I, know what I, I thought? I thought about what? something that you said. Uh, but they're I the only t- New York team, man. That's how, that's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. That's why I'll root for them. And, I, you know, yeah, what, yeah, man, yeah. it's been... It's so removed from, you know, 1990, man. Go ahead, win a Super Bowl. I don't win one for Jim Kelly. Go for it. You ever see that documentary about them on uh, the the 30 for 30? Yeah, yeah. The Four Falls of Buffalo, man. One of the best. Now, my wife went to college up there during those. Canisius or uh, uh, UB? To, To UB. And it was, you know. She went up there. She was up there during all those drubbings they took. Dude, we work uh, where I work. What, my, uh, uh, go ahead. What the crazy thing was when they every time they came back, they the town treated them like they won. I mean, Buffalo's got to be such a deserted. I, I've only been there once. Well, you were up there. Yeah. And I was up there years ago, too. It, I mean, it, it, just, it seems like such a like rundown cut like they just they'll take anything. Dude, they that just was during the early the 90s, Bowl, probably man. right around the time where you were. And uh, what a shithole, man. <laughs> That's all I remember. It, it, yeah, I didn't. It was the only. Yeah, the only time I ever went. Well, I've been there. Actually, I've been there twice. OK, but both times I don't remember. Yeah, there was nothing spectacular about Buffalo. It, it seems like a very sad kind of place. And but uh, do these yeah, guys are like uh, ju- doing jumping jacks if they get less than like 30 inches of snow in, 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 in a year? You know, that's like oh, a yeah, a so subpar that. year for those guys. And uh, their fans are nuts, man. Those Bills Mafia guys always jumping through the tables, trying to break shit. And Dude, I hate those guys. We work. I, I was going to tell you that I work with a couple of people. So my company's a huge company. We have offices throughout the country. And years ago, maybe about 20 years ago, they opened up a rival office for out, uh, up in Buffalo. And they siphoned a lot, a lot of the talent off. And there's always been a rivalry. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of underlying tension between the two offices, at least I, I, I saw. And some guys would go back and forth. Some guys would start, you know, where we work on Long Island and go and then transfer up there and vice versa. Mike, the guys that I knew from Buffalo, what jerk offs? I mean, just weird, weird, weird jerk offs. That's the, the, the nicest thing I can say about most of them. Like nice people on some level, but just weird jerk offs. I mean, and they're so into the, and like you said, there's nothing up there. So they're so into the, the bills, even the Sabres to an extent, um, yeah, I know, I know the, the closest. Yeah. The last time I was up there was hockey season and right. that anchor bar where that, you know, they invented the Buffalo wing. 
the Sabres actually like hang out now. Like that's actually like the spot, like one of the bars to hang out in up there. And they said, you'll go when a Sabres game is on that bar is the anchor bar is packed for the game. And then the players will, will bop in after the game probably and show their face. Okay. But yeah, there is, there's nothing up there. It's, you got There's nothing Falls, up there, man. And that's it. You know, my, my impressions of that was a football game I went to years ago, probably a little after you and Odilo and all of them went up uh, to see the uh, the championship game. Yeah, we couldn't get <laughs> tickets. That was the worst weekend ever. Against the Raiders. And then um, other than that, you know, I guess m- my experience with Buffalo has been, I guess, uh, the Jim Carrey movie, you know, uh, where he's uh, where he's God. Oh, yeah. Bruce Almighty's Buffalo. That's Bruce probably, Almighty. Think, and they, they probably filmed like two scenes of that in Buffalo. And the rest looks like it's done <laughs> in Hollywood. Another Canadian guy, Jim Carrey. And then uh, the other the other thing was uh, the old uh, the, the original Superman, the 1978 Superman or Superman, Two, I should say. Yeah. When they you go know, on when the he uh, the honeymoon, when he goes on the honeymoon. Right. Yeah. The honeymoon. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like it's one of those ta- like, you know what it is, man, growing up. Well, just growing up in the city. You don't or, you know, in the suburbs around New York, you don't see like that. What happens when a town gets decimated when, like, say, like one factory closes and it just kills a town like we, we never really experienced that. Right. And you go to a place, a town like that, and now you get to see it, man. It, it is. It's, what happened it's, to Rochester years ago? They yeah, took the Kodak yeah, plant yeah, out. Yep. Yeah, a guy worked. Knew some people his, from there. Yep. His brother, uh, his brother lived up there. I think his brother did work for Kodak too. That's a desolate place, man. Yeah. You want, you want, you want to talk desolate, but um, you know what? I was thinking about all day watching some of these games. Like it was just a lazy day, just chilling out. It was too cold to really do anything. Um, plus you got the Omicron crap still going around. Everybody, you know, we talked about it off off the air about it just seems like everybody's getting this damn thing. You know, the plus side is it seems like it's a lot more minor, a lot, uh, a lot less viral than, you know, the previous two, you know, configurations of it. But uh, all day, Mike, I was watching the games. It started off with, with, with the Raider game. And uh, I thought about something that you said a couple of months ago. And you're like, as you get older, I don't know if it's because our teams suck now. It just seems like sports have like become less and less meaningful for me. Yeah, you know, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you get to a point of like, who gives a shit? Even, you know, I think yeah, even I think if I'm Giants, frozen up too. <laughs> yeah, you froze up again. But yeah, I think even if, I think even if the Giants make the playoffs, like, all right, I'm going to watch the game, but it's like, how much am I invested in it if they lose? Like, I, I, I got so many other things to care about, you know? No, I agree with you. I agree with you a thousand percent. You know, people. It does. You get you get to a point of like I don't, all right. If they win, if they go all the way and win the Super Bowl, great. My life does not change one bit. Whether they went one in sixteen, what is it, seventeen game season now? Whether they go one in sixteen, or or sixteen and one. And does Mickey one. Mantle pay your bills, Mike? Exactly. That dude, Sonny was right, man. Mickey Mantle <laughs> don't give a fuck if you can't pay your rent. <laughs> Daniel Jones don't give a shit if I can't pay my mortgage. So you know, I just think it's like a combination of like things. It's like it just felt like when we were kids, it was just so much more important. You know, and even in my twenties, you know, like when I just got out of college, it was still super important to me. And the Yankees will always be close to me, more so. Even the Giants, I mean, to an extent, but it's just you know, I don't know, man. I just don't know if it's been because the team sucked, the political shit that's happened in the last couple of years. I know what it is. It just, you know, I thought about what you said and it's like, you know, you, I guess maybe family members are, you know, getting older, some are dying and stuff. You've yeah, got this you, crap you, going around and it's so, like, yeah, man, you're in your 20, you're a kid, you're a teenager, you're in your twenties. You're not thinking about, you know, in our twenties, we're not paying mortgages. We're not, you know, right. you got a job, you know, you got a job, but if you lost your job, you'd probably be like, all right, big deal. I'll go find another job or whatever. Now it's like, if I lost my job, I got to fucking, I got mounts to feed. I got I got bills to pay. So right. I, I mean, it, it's it's. it's we, I I think as you get older, you should just look at sports mainly as a distraction, and that's it. Don't wrap your life around it. You want to put a Giants bumper sticker on your car? Go ahead, man. But 
the you know the days of face painting are over for me no i wouldn't go that far but (laughs) i mean you know i think it would take a championship again from one of the major major teams you know in new york whoever it is yeah i'm not saying yeah like i I Exactly. I'm not saying like, I I mean, I don't think I would ever be, though, that diehard fan I was in my where I I I, whatever I'm doing, I drop and I go watch the game. You know, that shit's over with. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I would agree with that. We have too much at our age. We have this too much stuff going on. I would agree. I would agree. Maybe, you know, as I get closer to retirement, you know, another five, ten years, probably maybe more, you know, I could kind of smell the uh, smell the cognac like Tony Soprano once, you know, said um, maybe enjoy it a little bit more, go to more games. That's the uh, other yeah. aspect of that's the other aspect of it. You know, it's it's very expensive to go to these damn games. You know, I mean, you know, maybe it's because I had a lot more discretionary income in my 20s and 30s. Yeah, I was eating. Exactly, yeah. So. But, oh, you uh, know what? I, oh, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to give a quick shout out to our boy Sal in Italy. Oh, Sal. Okay. He was, ve- he was very concerned that there was no episode last week. He reached out to me on Facebook, wants to know if everything was all right. Sal, everyone's okay. Thank you for checking in. You know, Buongiorno, Salvatore. Uh, buongiorno, Salvatore. <laughs> I hope you had a good New Year, Sal. Keep we're huge. We're huge in Italy, or at least we're, we're, we're huge in Italy. We're huge in Italy. We got Sal. Buon fortuna. Who yeah. the F is this guy to tell me good luck? Oh, you know what? Okay. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. He's a good sports. <laughs> Let's see how much of a sports fan you are. Would you ever get a tattoo of your of a sports team on your body? No. No? No. None? So, not, nope. even, not even soccer? It's not, it's not even... Um... It's not even got anything to do with uh, with uh, what's McCall with sports. I mean, I came close in my in my early twenties. Yeah, I guess once I I was in college, actually before then, kind of like right my last year of McClancy, first year of St. John's. There's a group of kids I was hanging out, I guess, in um, you know Richmond Hill and stuff, and we all we all thought about getting tattoos on the back of our neck, and it was a four letter word that I'm not going to repeat on on air. And we all talked about getting it on the base of our neck in old English. And I thought about it for a second, Mike. And I'm like, you know what? I've never been a huge fan of tattoos. My brother's got them. My brother's got a lot of them. But um, I I don't have anything negative to think about it. But at that point, I thought about myself for a second. I thought about what I was going to do. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm going to put this on my body. And, you know, if I live to 60 or 70 or 80 years old, I'm going to have this shit on my body for, you know, unless I remove it for the rest of my life. So to answer your question, I probably wouldn't get a tattoo. Only reason being is that I look at it as almost a permanent thing. I know it's not anymore. I know you can get it removed, but I just didn't, I I can't really think of anything that meaningful from even sports, you know, that I would want to, you know, kind of endure, you know, putting on my body. And And then there's my aversion to needles. You know, I can't stand needles to begin with. So I'm a big baby with that stuff. And, uh, no, I, I I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't even get Cobra Kai. No I Cobra Kai. No, no Cobra Which, Kai. by the way, I mean, it was fantastic. I know, I know. You think it's jumped the shark, but Eagle I enjoyed Fang? it. I might get an Eagle Fang tattoo. <laughs> I enjoyed it, man. You know, uh, look, it's been out for a couple of weeks now, so I, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of spoiling it, the only thing I would agree with you in the sense that I just don't know where they go at this point. I really enjoyed Terry Crease, uh, Terry. Um, uh, Terry Silver. Silver. Terry Silver was okay. Yeah, he was good. I I think I know where it's going to go. I just have like this weird. I think I think we're going to see John Kreese become the good guy next year. He's going to become a good guy. They're all going to gang up on Terry Silver. Yeah, I would think so. I think because, they're probably going to. Okay, I mean, right. we'll spoiler. I mean, you you saw it, right? You're all done yeah, with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all done, done with it. it. All right. Listen, for those that haven't seen it, if you want to. We're going to tell you right now. Spoiler alert. He fixed Terry Silver. Fixes the end of the episode, like fixes the match. So I think all of next year is going to be the girl, the chick, the the young girl from Cobra Kai is going to have that change of heart and 
she's, she's going to be good. Gonna, yeah, she's going to be good. Everyone's going to be good, and they're all going to hate Terry. It's, it's like every other thing. Everyone's got to be good on the show. I think they're going to bring back the bad guy from uh, from uh, Karate Kid Three, the guy that he trained, the guy Mike. If they so the find guy, if they find that guy under a rock somewhere, they're going to find him, I think, and bring him back. And I think that's going to be part of Cobra Kai. And um, I also read where they talked about bringing the girl from Cobra uh, from uh, Karate Kid Four. Oh, Hillary Swank. Yeah. I mean, what she did. I don't know how you would tie it in, but I mean, it seems like they're going that route. Well, she was trained by Miyagi. I tell you what, I'd like to see Johnny get back to together with what's her face uh, with uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Shue. Shue. I don't. I, I. I don't see that. I don't see her coming back at all. No, I don't either. Yeah, but it's, uh, I, it's over. I, I, I thought that was one of the better episodes of all yeah. of, of the entire thing. I think that whole dinner scene, you know, that that yeah, dinner scene kind of like. Yeah, that was the whole thing. But now it, you. Now it's got to be like a real show. They they ran out. They did all the, those three movies. They they reminisced all three of those movies. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. what? Now, now it's going to try and like turn into a real show. No one wants to see that. And and the whole Johnny's got to be the throwback old school 80s guy. All right, man, this shit's been going on for four seasons now. <laughs> we get it, man. 80s, the 80s ruled, bro. We all know because everyone watching it grew up that, during that time. For the most well, part. Uh, listen, I, I, I get where you're going with that. But I also see the thing with Crease because Crease kind of encapsulates the tough Vietnam veteran type era guy. Yeah. He's a guy like, you know, your father and or Tom Evans. You know, that tough, rough guy that, you know, I think if Tom was alive at this point, you know, look, I, I remember him from the 80s and, and, you know, the early 90s and stuff. I think he would look at some of the stuff that goes on in today's society and he, he would feel lost. You know, I think he would look at it and like he couldn't relate, you know, so like just going back. I mean, I see what you're saying with, with Lawrence, but I think even Crease to an extent, you know, I think that's where you might be going next year. You know, as far as, you know, just showing maybe a change of heart and ad, ad, yeah, adaption. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but from I, I'll be honest, I think next year might be it for me. I'm going to give it, you know, it's it's getting another season out of me. I'm going to go for um, it. I think it's going to go another season or two at tops, Mike. So, I, you know, it's I just probably I agree with you on what I think. That, yeah. Depending on how next season goes is depending on if there's a season six or whatever. But. Yeah, it's it's like it like I said, it, it it's a show that's like running its course. It's oh, like absolutely. Kind of like just let it go at this point. Stop trying to, you know. I don't I don't think they're gonna make up too much stuff for it. You know, we, we like the nostalgia. That's why we watch it. We watch it for the nostalgia. I think we got right. our fill of the nostalgia. They could have ended it this season, but they're gonna go for another, and who knows, maybe another, and we'll see. So. Um, you might make a, I think you make a good point. I mean, I, I, we talked about this in one of the prior episodes where, you know, you overstay your welcome, you know, at what point, at what point do you think you've saturated, you know, like you talk about the NFL for a second. Is it really necessary to have a game on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday? Uh, Yeah. You know, you know, I just, on some point it's the law of diminishing returns. So I listen, I get it. You know, I mean, five seasons of it. Look, just moving on to another subject, same same van at train of thought. You know, I've been watching this Boba Fett thing. I'm a big uh, Star Wars fan, and it's like, wow. Uh, uh, I've had enough. Dude, I can't I can't even get through it. I mean, it's so goddamn boring. There was a guy sitting in a room, you know, like these writers, the writers for that show was sitting in a room going, What what does this need? And someone went, Two job of the huts. Two. We'll make two. Dude, let's let's stop right here. First and foremost, when it comes to Boba Fett, I don't want to see this old decrepit looking dude. I want to see the guy with the helmet. You know, that that's the whole yeah, mystique of it. Very put, put your guy it's dude, put, put your helmet on. Put your helmet on. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to see the guy from the you know couples retreat. I don't <laughs> want to see the 60-year-old dude walking around. I want the helmet. I want the helmet. I want the armor. That's the mystique of it. That's why you got the show. I don't need to see him rolling around in the sand with the sand people for an episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. They're Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders, bro. Sorry. Tuscan Raiders. Let's get it right. Apologies. Apologies. Don't cancel me, please. Whoever's out there, don't cancel me. I wasn't trying to be insensitive. But um And we no, made I them can... good too. Remember, they were like these vicious Dude, they killed Anakin's mother. 
they were, they were vicious uh, desert savages, and now they're, right. now they're they just want water. They just want some water. Right. This is <laughs> it, it's, everyone's got to be nice, man. I hate it. But like you said, go ahead, man. You're right. I, I don't need a helmet off. I don't put the helmet on, bro. That's first and foremost. Number two, I don't need two. Uh, I don't need two jabbers. Number three, I don't need to see bad Chewbacca. You know, the the, the bounty hunter. I have no interest in seeing that. That's ridiculous. And uh, dude, when you watch a Star Wars spinoff, whatever it is, you want to see something related to the original movie, whether it's the stormtroopers, whether it's a throwback to the um, the original uh, series. Something that kind of links the two stories together, kind of like what you're talking about, uh, Cobra Kai. You know, Cobra Kai just delved off into like old, you know, really new storylines without bringing any of the nostalgia back. However, played out it was, it kind of kills it because that's part, you know, that's the mystique yeah. of the show, like you said. So I don't know, man. I had much higher expect- expectations. I just, you know, maybe it was, I kind of got wrapped up with The Mandalorian. I think everybody did, but. Even looking back at that for a second, look, they caught the genie in the bottle with that baby Yoda character. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. You know, I, I think that kind of saved that show to an extent because I kind of see some similarities with it, although there were a lot more references to the original Star Wars series. You know, well, um, you, had, you had what is it? Giancarlo Esposito's character was like phenomenal. It was like an offshoot of. Uh, of Darth Vader, basically, he was Darth Vader without right. the helmet. He's he's flying the Tie Fighter and all that stuff. Yeah, you you did you, like you said, you had a lot more callbacks. It seemed like to the original. This one is starting now. Like, all right, let's try to call. Let's try a callback with two Jabba the Huts this time. But it it really, I I don't know. I I I actually thought too they were really gonna make the show like super woke. <laughs> they haven't even they haven't gotten there. So I'm very shocked. Dude, I'm sick of that. Yeah, you know, I'll throw I'll throw the show for a left turn for a second. What do you what do you make of this Kamala Harris? And again, I, I hate to go political here. So January 6th now is the equivalent of 9-11. You know, listen, man, I, I maybe I'm coming out of left field with this stuff, but you know, when you when you threw out the, the term woke, I'm I'm just some of the shit that's coming out of these people's mouth is really just getting under my skin. You know, as much as maybe the left got, you know, bent out of shape with the stuff that the previous guy said, it's just I heard that shit last week, Mike, when we were on a hiatus and it just, I don't know, just bothered me, bothered the shit out of me. Yeah, there was a few. Maybe. Yeah. 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and. Um, no, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think those <laughs> three things all go together. So. On a positive woke side, though, I mean, you know, we won't go down that rabbit hole today. You know, it's a, this will be a fun episode, you know, not a dreary political episode. All right, Big Pat. Um, what do you How think do you of? I'm going to get you on the show at some point, Pat. Me and Mike have talked about it off air. We didn't forget about you. Pat, but, get um, a haircut. Get a haircut. <laughs> get ready for your close up. <laughs> What do you think about, you know, on a positive look, uh, matter? How about um, how about the Yankee manager, the female Yankee manager? Me and Macho were talking about this on Twitter. Who cares? I think I, I honestly what is she is a single A. She's a minor league uh, manager. She got named um, Rachel Bogdanovich yeah, or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, she was a hitting instructor in the Yankees uh, farm system. You know, my whole point is I really like you said, I couldn't care less. My whole thing is just going back. And I think I have an old broker friend. I think that was going back and forth with Macho on Twitter. And uh, I think he was getting under Macho's skin. But I think the point he was trying to make was, you know, look, I, he didn't have a problem with her getting hired either. But it's like, is it is it for shock value? I, yeah. I think what he what he said, or is it based on her qualifications? And I think Macho kept on asking, well, what's the qualifications of a guy like Aaron Boone? Which was a good point. You know, Aaron Boone was like a, a broadcaster and they hired him to be the manager. You know, he played yeah, ball. I, but I, You could almost go back and say that about Joe Torre. Guy had a losing record. Why would the Yankees hire him? True. And, True. The guy, and then the guy went on and, and gave you gold for almost 20 seasons. Me and my buddy were talking about this. How about, you know, you hired a female manager. You've had losing managers get jobs and succeed. You've had broadcasters become managers. 
what about a guy who plays video games? You know, a very successful simulation guy, you know, who plays uh, Madden, no, plays general manager I, mode. I, 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 I don't. I, I think there's too much. I think that's apples and oranges, man. I really do. I mean, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I think we're going, sim- you know, I think that's more of a, you know, that's a simulate. That's a video game. I think that think about it. You've got a lot of interest, intricacies in these things and, and they've well, become people, very realistic. You know, what was it? Joe, Joe Torrey's book. That he wrote after he won like two of the World Series, I think, or three of the World Series. In his book, he said the, the biggest part about being a manager, it's is just managing people's personalities. Personalities, yeah. Trying of course. to get 27 people to all agree on the same thing and do the same thing and have the same goals and expectations. I agree with that. I would also say that he had to manage Steinbrenner, but I guess the point I make with the video games is Steinbrenner. He was given. Listen, the guy was also given a great lineup and he he knew what to do with it. That being said, you're playing a video game and you're just pressing buttons. You're not talking to people. You're not interacting with people. I think it's very. Uh, You kind of are. You kind of are with some of some of the simulations on some of these things like MLB, the show, for example, you interact with people. It's obviously it's AI type stuff. Yeah. But I would say as, as the simulation gets better. I could foresee something like this happening. Maybe not right away, but if you're going to hire somebody based on it, you know, just the, you know, the fact that she's a female or the fact that the guy's uh, a radio personality or whatever the deal is, I can eventually see something like that happening. See, you know, I, I mean, see, I, if I was a major league, t- just any sports team, I would look into hiring the guy as maybe like uh, the, the person who knows this guy or girl. Hire hire some video game guru, maybe as a consultant and try that experiment out and have them in a room with the general manager going, what do you think about this trade with the coach, the general manager, whoever else? And go, what do we think about this trade, this move, this, that, blah, blah, blah. you know, it, it, it's basically like Moneyball. They brought in. The That's exactly what it is. They, they brought in a number cruncher. It didn't work out that well. You know, I haven't seen well, Oakland A's players walking around with rings on. No, you're right, Mike. But here's the deal. In corporate America, it happens all the time, like even in my company, which will remain nameless on air because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But the reality of it is these companies, what they do is they hire these kids coming out of college with really no experience in terms of they may have a bachelor's degree. They may have a really nice college you know, degree behind them, but ultimately they hire them for positions to manage people. And a lot of these guys, they're young people. They don't have any practical experience. They don't have the common sense that a guy like you did, who was a police officer 25 plus years. You know, I would put more stock in hiring a guy like you to managing a team in my company than some 18 or 19 year old kid or 21 year old kid, you know, who's got a nice four year bachelor's degree from, I don't know, Dartmouth or St. John's or wherever, you know, but but it happens all the time. And I guess that's my point. My point is there's a lot of corporations both in sports and just in general that hire people, not based on their actual experience, but what's on paper, you know, the analytics, what the analytics say. Well, the analytics say that if you have a four-year degree, you're probably a good hire because you're probably smart because you come out of this university that's produced X amount of graduates and so forth and so forth. But when you put them in a position to actually manage people or do something out of the box, you know, that maybe they didn't learn in college, a lot of times it's a recipe for disaster. But if you're going to do it, you know, again, there's no real criteria here. So, you know, like Macho was saying, you know, what's the qualifications on anybody for that matter? Then that's so like saying just hire any, you know, go find the, the most popular TikTok star and go make them the manager of a of of a single A team in, in Rhode Island somewhere. You know, some kid that right, plays, right. That, that plays MLB the show. If he's that great, then. Like I, like I said, I'm sure down the road, this this will probably be a thing. Who knows? Maybe <clears throat> how many kids kill it in Madden every year? Uh, when are you going to see them sitting in a skybox as the assistant to the assistant uh, offensive coordinator of a team calling in plays? You know, it, I would, it, it's like anything. I think, listen, I don't think it's happening right away, but I think as these video games get more realistic, as they get more intricate, you know, as far as the team building skills, as far as the interaction 
well, computer uh, AI is going to get better in our lifetime, Mike. You know, it's going to come a point in time where, you know, we were talking about this last year where stuff that we thought was going to happen should have happened already. I truly believe computer AI is going to get to the point where we're probably going to see robots, humanoid robots at some point in our lifetime. Well, and I think just, when it comes to... Uh, they just showed one the other day. Did you see that video? The guy... Uh, yeah. The face of the robot doing all this nonsense. Yeah, wacky stuff. stuff. Yeah. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. And I just think when it comes to video games and that kind of stuff, I think it's inevitable. You know, you're you're going down that rabbit hole at some point. Going back to a different, uh, well, maybe same vein here. What, what's your thoughts about this Leah Thomas, this woman, um, well, tr uh, trans person uh, swimmer at uh, UPenn? Woohoo! Go for it. Let her Dude, go. Dude, I was listening it. to. It's great. Dude, I was listening to. I, 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 go ahead. I, this is my thing. People have, you know, whatever side you want to say you're on or whatever about this. Here's here's your proof now. Here's your proof that like this was a dude who is now a woman. And she who well, that's what she wants to be called as she is. She she has just shattered every record. Every record in her first year of doing this. What does that tell you? And now all these women, you know, the women on her team wanted to protest. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm with you. You, you, you know, they, they they didn't want to swim against her, swim with her anymore. She is shattering these. She has shattered every record. Well, the reality of it is, I think I think in order for her to participate, I think what has to happen is she has to take a year worth of uh, testosterone suppression yeah, hormones. Does, and it, obviously it did nothing. And like Rogan was saying, it's like when you have 30 plus years of or 20 plus years of testosterone and running through your body, you know, you built differently. You know, females and males are inherently built differently. I mean, look, no one's going to, you know, at this point in time in 2022, you want to identify yourself as whatever. You know, listen, that's the way society, you know, has gone. You know, you're more than welcome to do that. But I guess when you're competing on this kind of level, you know, whether it's a boxing or an MMA match or a swimming match, you're putting yourself you know, you, these people are an inherent disadvantage to, to someone who has transgendered themselves, even with the hormone therapy. Yeah, a month. Yeah, you know, month, yeah. Like I heard the same thing you heard on uh, on Rogan was talking about. You can't get all that testosterone out of your system in a month. And you muscles, can't man. In your muscles, you can't in your butt. You know, your bones are denser. Your muscle, you're bigger. You're strong. It's it's just a fact. You're going to be bigger and stronger. I mean, Rogan was, I, I think during that same episode, he brought up all like the MMA stuff, that trans MMA. Well, he got into a lot of trouble talking that, about it because I think he went, he, he was really angry about it. Well, I mean, the, the, the trans woman in MMA, I mean, was just destroying women. Like She shattered someone's skull, I yeah, think. I mean, it was just. She was crushing orbital bones and first, all like first round knockouts. I mean, it was. It was, it was a man hitting a woman, basically. That's what it was. It was a man in a sports bra beating the hell out of a, out of a woman. That's all it's, it's, it's a touch, listen, it's a touchy subject because, like I said, I mean, the way that we're going in the society, I mean, listen, I just think that when you go down that rabbit hole, you open, you, you open yourself up to a lot, a lot of potential issues. And I think this is one of them. Like, not, yeah, so much, I, not so much with the swimming thing, because, look, at the end of the day, you can choose, like you said, not to swim against her. But like, you know, if you're an MMA, MMA fighter, if you're a boxing fighter, I mean, it's like I think Rogan brought it up. He's like, you know, these people should really they should have to sign waivers to the point where, you know, they, they understand the risk of, of going into the ring. You know, the, the ramifications of going into it, you know, I don't know. I mean, just a wacky, wacky thing. But um, I just wanted to bring it up. Um you know, he brought up a lot of good points, Mike. You know, uh, he's actually gotten he's the biggest podcaster in the world right now. And I've been reading a lot of stuff about him where I guess CNN's ratings are down like 90 percent year over year. And yeah, they're attributing it's down, a lot. It's down like 90 percent. And the one rating thing I saw was Rogan's getting 11 million hits a show. Downloads. He's crushing them. 11. He's crushing their audience. The CNN primetime news show, whatever that is, gets less than a million. What does that right. tell you? You know, people, 
people have just had it. They and they went through like all the shows. Like Rachel Maddow gets like a million and a half people or whatever. And he was crushing. He's his audience was like three times or four times bigger than the next new show under him. That was yeah. on. That was on TV. It wasn't even a podcast. Just on TV. So. And listen, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that don't like him. You know, they might think he's a right wing crazy. He's really not. I mean, I, and I've listened to him for a while now. He seems more moderate than anything. But um, I got to be honest with you. They're going, you know, we talked about the president getting censored last year and thrown off Twitter. You know, here, here you have a, a podcast host who is now being attacked for his views on COVID. You know, we had a show taken off last year, yeah. you know, yeah. for whatever the reason is. And I guess what he was saying, he goes, listen, you know, it's one thing, you know, to, I guess, censor somebody. But, you know, like when you go, when you just censor one train of thought or one political party, whatever it is, you get to the point where you're getting dangerously close to becoming China. Because that's really what China does. And he talked about it in the podcast where it's one train of thought. The government is intermingled with corporates and politics and sports. There's no differentiation. If, if you have any differing of opinion or anything differing from, you know, the standard line, the company line, the party line, you get, you get censored, you get you shut get down. Sla- they'll slaughter you, they'll you know, slaughter. you know, in a worst case scenario, you get a situation like Stalin, you know, I mean, but it's not a good situation. It's not a good situation. I thought it was a bad situation last year when they did it to the president. You know, I, I know people disagreed with me at the time. You know, I heard you say a couple of times and I would agree to with you to an extent, you know, that these companies can really do whatever they want, which is fine. But it's scary, man. It's really scary. It's scary to see this guy, you know, who's very popular, who dwarfs the CNN at this point in terms of popularity. Um, he's had some legitimate guests on, on his show. I mean, he's had some really big guests. He's had Elon Musk. He's had two doctors on this guy, T- uh, Robert Malone, I believe his name is, and Peter McCullough. And both of their shows got taken off YouTube. And I think one guy was talking about, I I guess the, the first guy, no, the, the most recent guy, Malone, I guess he produced or he was he had a hand in producing the Moderna vaccine. And they both talked about, you know, simple stuff. They talked about how, now listen, the vaccines aren't bad. You know, they weren't anti-vaccine, but they were just questioning, you know, why weren't, you know, we talked about this, Mike, about why weren't the treatments more promoted? Why wasn't the government more proactive and coming up with treatments for these things instead of force feeding everybody to go down in the vaccine rabbit hole where, you know, uh, the, the, the train of thought was a year ago when the president got elected. You know, he's talking, well, it, once we everybody gets elected, you know, you, you'll never get the virus. Well, we found that that's not to be accurate. You know, you can still get it. You can be tripled. You know, you can get your, your two shots. You can get the booster and you can still get this thing. And look, I, I got my I got my shots, but I'm not too pleased the fact to know that. I could potentially get it again, you know? Um, yeah, I think uh, that's look, the big I, problem right now going on is everyone was, you have to get it, you have to get it, you have to get it. And then everyone keeps getting <clears> COVID. <throat> I mean, especially this this variant that's out there now. It, it just seems like, I think too, everyone, ha- it seems like everyone had it. And I also think too, at, at this stage of the game, what everyone went through for like the last two years, basically everyone's just fed up in the sense. I agree. I'm going out, man. If I get it, I get it. I heard it's like getting the flu. I'll get the flu for a couple of days and that's it. I move on with my life because uh, I know, especially in like stand up in like the whole open mic scene that I'm in, I haven't done open mics in like two weeks. Everyone got it. Everyone, everyone was DMing everyone on Instagram Hey, if you were here the other night, one guy had it get checked. I was getting it from from friends of mine, text from friends like, hey, man, go get checked. I just got it. I just tested myself last week with a home test. There was nothing. And I actually did one this week just to be sure. And nothing. So, you know, I had the home I, test, I, too, Mike. I, I, I think everyone's just had enough. And it's like if it's going to get less and less, if the. uh if the versions of the, the, the COVID are just going to get less and less where it's going to be like this Omicron, whatever the next one is, who knows? What's the next one going to be just a quick uh, head cold for like 12 hours. Maybe that'll be it. And then I don't know, but moving on, but no one's going to care about like spreading it. It's going to get to, the point I agree. People are just, listen, man, businesses got to open. 
how many people lost their their businesses, lost their jobs, lost whatever, just lost thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably in income through restaurants and just stores that just had to close. And now, and now people are just trying to climb out from under it now. And it's, well, you got to have a mask, can't do this, can't do that. And the, 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 the lockdown is always looming. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be crazy to, to think. To open I agree a with you, Mike. To open a business right now. I would never think of opening a business. Can right we now. just talk for a second about, can this president of ours just stop with the divisive bullshit? You know, how many times uh, can we just stop with this is a this is a vaccine. This is a this is a virus of the unvaccinated. It's not. You know, people have gotten the vaccine at this point is still getting this thing. I don't want to hear it anymore, Mike. I really don't. I mean, uh, you know, look, I, I'm behind him. I hope he succeeds. But I mean, shit like that is really it, it gets under my skin. I think it gets under a lot of people's skin, because like you said, I think a lot of people just fed up. You know, we're two years into this thing, you know, and it's like. People still getting sick. People are still dying. You know, uh, to hear it that uh, that it's a disease of the unvaccinated just pisses me off. You know, even though I am vaccinated and I see the signs of it. The other thing that bothered me was the 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 thing that he the speech that he gave down in Georgia about. You know, if you don't agree with his uh, his voting laws, you know, his voting legislation, you're on the you're on the side of uh, you know these racists, you know, these civil war racists and stuff. I mean, dude, shut up already. I mean, it's just enough, man. I mean, this guy ran on, he ran on the whole business of being inclusive and putting people together. And it, I don't even mean, I, well, I think he just, he actually had to come out and apologize for what he said. Dude, it's enough, man. I mean, for a guy that came out with such goodwill, he came in with a 60% approval rating. I think I saw in one poll, he's at 33%. Dude, he's, I don't know, man. I mean, I really hope he, he turns around and, you know, listen, I'm behind him. He's the president. But it's like, uh, I don't know. It just it seems like you get the shit from both sides of the, of the spectrum. You get it from the Republicans and you get it from these guys, Mike. And uh, I think, like you said, I think a lot of people just fed up at this point. You know, I put a picture today up of uh, my chicken wings that I made up on Facebook. You know, it's like even stuff, you know, that stuff that I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed going out to restaurants and bars. And it's like you go to some of these places and you're spending 20, 30 bucks for like chicken wings. And it's ridiculous. It really is. I'm not putting it all on him or on the Democrats or the Republicans or at all, but I think I think people are sick of it. I really do. You know, whether it's the inflation, the divisive rhetoric, you know, the ridiculous innuendos from both sides, the damn COVID, which is two years into it. You know, I just I think people have beaten down to an extent. You know, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but. No, it's just you, you kind of have that enough's enough. Attitude after a while. Like I said, you see people out. If you go into Manhattan, people are out, but there's a lot of stores that are empty and a lot of people. And then you have these other people that are out there walking around. They have like seven masks on. And then you have someone else that's basically coughing in everybody's face. Right. It's just so ridiculous. It's right. like you have these, these these two extremes right now that you just like, just let it go at this point. Does the mask work? Does it, it not work? Get vaccinated. Who knows? I mean, now now you read, you know, you don't have the right mask. You know, if you don't have the N95 mask and you don't reuse it and it's not effective and blah, blah, blah. Oh, now the cloth mask. Nobody knows, man. Rogan brought up a lot of good points, you know, for those that listen to the show and that are into this sort of thing. I'm not going to spend too much more time on it. You know, we have other things to get to, but check Rogan's podcast out. They're really informative. Uh, YouTube took down two of them going back to the doctors for a second. They're available on Spotify. Um, even Fauci, you know, um, he's another guy. He's calling senators idiots, you know, I mean, because they, they're criticizing him, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the best track record in the world, the guy. I mean, going back to AIDS and HIV in the 80s, you know, he's the highest paid government employee uh, right now, Mike. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, like four hundred and something thousand dollars makes more than the president of the United States. This guy, and uh, uh, what they, they just looked into something like investments he made. It was something like over ten million dollars. And here he is. You know, he's. I guess he's being interviewed by uh, the Senate, and he's calling Rand Paul or whoever it was an idiot on a hot mic. Dude, shut up! I mean, we're two years into this thing. Like you said, I mean, people are so goddamn sick of it. Sit there and answer the goddamn questions. These are people that we we've elected. You know, I mean, 
I think a lot of the questions that these people are answer, asking you are questions that we have, you know, um, but check out the podcast. I mean, he's a, look, he's a pretty entertaining guy. I personally think that he's more moderate than right wing or left wing or whatever you want to call him at this point. He's very informative, but, um, you know, how about Eric Adams for a second? What are your thoughts about him? I mean, I see there's some doings with this DA right now, the Salvin Bragg. He's saying one thing, the DA saying another. This is not, it's not going to work out well. No, I agree. If he's saying he wants it, you know, he's going to fight crime and fight crime and fight crime. But the DA is letting people out left and right. And he's letting out violent criminals, too. That's not the thing. I understand where he wants to have uh, diversion for other things, you know, low level drug offenses. I get that. Or, or low level nonviolent crimes. He's going to start letting out violent people. That's the issue everyone has. And he's right. It, it's going to lead to bigger and bigger crimes. <clears throat> you know, they just had that 19 year old girl got killed in upper Manhattan. They caught the guy that did it. What's he going to do with this guy? Is he going to give him a low bail and get him out back out on the street? Uh, there was just some guy that I think he went through basically the revolving door justice system in New York that's going on right now. And uh, he pushed a woman. He pushed somebody on the tracks and killed him. So I, I, it's insane, I, man. It really is. There, there yeah. was supposedly a meeting between the mayor, the police commissioner and the D.A. And they're all going to try and work it out. But the policies that have been put in place right now. Uh, they allow to put a lot of people back out on the street for whatever they get arrested for. Let me ask you this, Mike, from, from your level, from a police level, you know, or a retired cop level, what's, what's the morale from like a regular cop? Like I have a lot of cop friends still on the job and stuff. I mean, if you're a regular guy, just walking a beat or in a precinct or you're a sergeant or whatever, what's your thought process when you see something like, or hear something like this? I mean, you know, in terms I, of listen, cops and criminals, the old saying went cops and criminals are the only two people that know how much time they got left. And from people I know that are getting close to their 20th year, they just want to leave. No one wants to stick around it. it, it, it you know, being a cop, it's, it's, it's like battered wife syndrome. You kind of blame yourself a little bit, but you always think it's going to get better and it never does. That's what's going on right now. I, there's a lot of people, I think, just counting their time down. I know a lot of a, a lot of people that have like less than five years to go and they just want to retire, get out. Um, our old David, Justin, I think he's got like about four years left. And the last time I saw him put something up on Facebook, it was like he was. Just, he's a young guy, man. He's, he's a young, young guy. Too. You know, he's in countdown mode of like four years to go and he wants to, you know, run for the door. And I don't blame him. No one's stopping. He's been there 20, you yeah. you, you yeah. had positions of, of supervisors that would stay way past their 20th year. And they're all running for the door right now. Right, right. So the morale, right. the morale obviously is very low. So which is unfortunate. I mean, from what I've read about this guy, what bothers me the most is apparently his whole campaign to get elected as, as district attorney was funded by George Soros which I've heard a lot of things about him throughout the year. He's a very successful investor, but apparently he goes around like different places in the country and he funds these district attorneys who are in favor of these progressive policies that are very lenient on crime. And we've seen, I mean, you've seen it, you've seen the, you know, the ramifications of it. I mean, look, I get, I get what the guy was saying. I read a little bit into about what he was looking to do. Like he, he didn't want to tie up the prison system with guys that were jumping turnstiles, like in the subways. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to tie up the prison systems with a guy with a low level drug offense. Look, I get it. But I mean, when you start getting into like really violent stuff, I mean, how do you differentiate? And, you know, look, I mean, I took psychology in college at one point and, you know, they talk about drugs being the gateway, like marijuana being the gateway drug to harder stuff. And I got to imagine like, Somebody, I guess, on the opposite end of the law enforcement spectrum was making the, the comment that, you know, you jump a turnstile today, you stab somebody tomorrow. You know, it's the same correlation, you know, where you smoke yeah, pot. Yeah. Yes and no. That that obviously it's a you know, it goes back to the old broken windows policy that Bratton right. uh, brought in in the early 90s. It, 
it's if you all right, you want to keep all these violent, you know, you want to stop violent felons, then the rules have to be different for them. It's 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 got to be, you know, half a million dollar bail or better. It, it, it can't just be this revolving door where I, I, I know when I believe there was a case in Queens. The kid had like four gun charges in a year. He was a young kid, like 18, 19 years old. But it was like three or four gun charges within one year. And the kid just kept getting released. You know, it's 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 got to change. It's crazy, man. And then you got the whole issue of mental illness, which, you know, we, yeah. we, we I think we've touched upon it as well. Going back to the NFL for a second, I, I don't think we even brought up what, uh, the, the Antonio Brown thing. I mean, uh, what's your thoughts about that? I mean, this guy... <laughs> It's basically, I think he, I think he's an old guy, man. I mean, uh, I read that he, he was pissed that he was hurt and the coach made him go in and then he didn't. I, I think didn't. the guy just had like a, a breakdown breakdown, right? Yeah. I think he just went, uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. And just <laughs> lost it and was like, nah, whatever. I'm out. Whatever. I'm out. Exactly. I, I, I don't know, man. You know, so someone brought up a good point, man. CTE. Yeah. Maybe, yes. Maybe uh, a friend a of mine brought that up too. Maybe it was a little CTE going on. Who knows? Man? Well, does he have a little, does the guy have a little Kanye West in him? Like, I like Kanye, but Kanye is out of his fucking mind. Excuse my language. That could be it. I mean, who knows, man? Maybe the guy just thought, like, I, I, I think too, I think he just thought, like, the game was over. Like, ah, the hell, I'm going to go do a nice little dance. The hell with it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. But yeah, like everyone's saying mental illness, CTE. Dude, it's got to be one of the craziest things I've seen in sports in, in the last couple of years. Like this guy so, just, you know, I mean, remember the guy in the 90s? I guess he was fighting Galata, Andrew Galata back in the day. He started crying. Yeah. That guy, it was another guy, mentally ill dude. Um. Oh, it's crazy. It's like when John, John Daly breaking down on the yeah. golf course just with the shakes. And I mean, you know, he's going through alcoholism and everything. He's going through like withdrawals and like shaking and crying and losing his shit. I mean, what are you going to do? No, nah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, um, looks like by about that time. We'll start wrapping. Wrap it up, huh? I want to talk to you a little bit about the Quantum Leap reboot, but maybe we'll get into that next week. Yeah, definitely next week. I saw that myself. I don't know what they're getting. That, I see that show being, going back to the wokeness. Every week he's going to be like a gay guy, a trans person, person of color in the 50s. It's going to be, I guess. That's how the show was back in the 80s. But it wasn't like every episode. I see every episode there's going to be some type of struggle. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think every episode is going to be a struggle, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want the reboot of that. The original was so good. I love the original. I, I didn't like the way the, the show ended, so I'd be interested yeah, to see how they, like, uh, they rebooted. Know, it was I, I kind of liked it. I did like it. You know who was, like, you know, who the, you know who the God character was at the end, at the end, the, the bartender? No. That's D. That's D Day from Animal House. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill. That's right. Right. I love that line at the end. He never went home. I gave just, my rose a cherry. He just kept <laughs> leaping. Yeah, D Day. He's been in a lot D-Day. of stuff. He is. He was in a John Claude Van Damme movie, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, been in a ton of stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff. That guy. He's been around a while, but maybe we'll get into that next week. Um, we had a couple things we didn't touch upon. I think uh, the glow, the Golden Globes. I don't even know if they they showed it this year or yeah, whatever happened with that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we we'll talked about it, Super we'll Dave, Ma- the, the Marty Funkhouse and stuff. Maybe we'll get into that next week. Oh, we did that a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I think okay. We did that. But uh, yeah, my uh, the computer's dying, so get the All plugs right. in. We'll get the plugs in before Mike's computer dies, guys. Sorry about that. We got uh, me, DJ Chris Clash. Uh, Check me out, www.djchrisclash.com. Tommy Devitt, five star by shopping, uh, five star shopping by Tommy at 917-559-8264. You can also check out his bar on 36th Avenue, uh, the Mad Donkey. Jay Cristiano, Cardinal Financial, uh, refis, purchases, 844-442-7334.
extension 4215. And Leslie, we got a new plug this week. We got my buddy's pizzeria. So big Pat, I want to bring you on at some point. We're going to talk about, hopefully uh, I'll talk off the air with Mike about it, about uh, bringing up best, best pizzerias and eateries in New York city. And uh, got my buddy Eugene's uh, pizzeria up in uh, Rye, New York. Piazza's pizza. Uh, check Eugene out at 914-921-4444. Eugene's got a great restaurant. It's been around forever. Uh, catering, etc. cetera. Uh, check his place out. And we're good today. All right. Uh, my usuals. Check out Jack at I Can Paint on Instagram. He's got some new stuff up. Uh, always available for commissions. Uh, Pat Dixon, New York City Crime Report. And... Crime Report on Compound Media. And I think that's about it. Uh, Probematic on Twitch. You could check him out too. Go watch him play video games. Other than that, you next week. Hopefully, Chris won't be frozen for 90% of the show. And uh, frozen in the snow in Suffolk frozen. County, folks. Sorry. In the tundra of Suffolk County. Kind of like Jack, kind of like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. Yeah, Jack. Oh, we could get into that next week. How different it was from the book and everything. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> like oh, and uh, quick shout out. Uh, my buddy, John McGuire. Uh, John, my condolences to you and your family. Your dad was a good dude. The few times I, I met him, he was always a gentleman. And uh, may he rest in peace. We will see you next week. Bye bye, everybody. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you.